you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL Podcast. Go Hawks! <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast presented by Sirius XM. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Go Hawks. We bring that back. The Russell Wills, that's Russell Wilson ending every interview he's ever given. Go Hawks. We just, let, there should never be a reference to Russell Wilson or the Seahawks without that voice coming in. Go Hawks. <laughs> that's a drop that this show needs. Hmm. Go Hawks. Good mandate. It's not a money intro this show needs ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, behind the glass, you're the gatekeeper on the money drops, right? So you choose ultimately what what. Right. What, com- by what compelled Smith. you to dial that up? Yeah, we are running low. <laughs> okay. All right, let's put it out there. Uh, Cry for help. Uh, at Erica Tamposi, or is it at Ricky Hollywood? I can't. At Ricky keep... Hollywood. Okay. At Erica Tamposi is my burner if you want to hit that one up, too. Oh, now they've switched Hello. places. <laughs> Hello. Wait, what? It's getting confusing. The, the persona has yes. overtaken the person. <laughs> <laughs> Using the hashtag money tags, right? Money tags? Sure. Okay. I mean, the uh, Ricky Hollywood account does not follow all four of us on Twitter, by the way. Oh, really? Really? Maybe you three, but not me. So I mean, like, at Whoa. Whoa. At, I'm not even being followed by your non-burner. Account. At Ricky Hollywood, sorry. unless I'm crazy, is uh, owned by a man named Ricardo Mancini. Mancini. <laughs> Makes sense. I think it might Makes be Ricky dot Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big deal. Well, Ricardo Mancini is going to get some follows off of that. Yeah. You, you he appears from... to be a Russian bot. No, it's Ricky dot Hollywood on Instagram and then Tamposi okay, NFL okay. on Twitter. Oh, that's messy. <laughs> By the way, you come from a prominent New England family. You should be able to get rid of the Italian fellow. Oh, he's he's on the way out. Don't worry. All right, good. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. It's uh, it's another week training camp in full swing across the NFL. A lot to get into. Um, in fact, you know we like to think of different ways to hit storylines around the league at this time of year. So. Uh, uh, you know, what's hot? What's like a really spicy, hot situation going on in the league? 
uh, what's, you know, a little on the cooler side. Uh, well, how about this? Training camp in Scoville units. Want to explain that, Wes? Give it a little more detail. <laughs> this is how you measure spiciness, especially in peppers, is by a Scoville unit. So, for example, a jalapeno might be about a 1,000 on the Scoville scale, a ghost pepper about a million. Right. You don't want to mess with a ghost pepper. Have you in your past? No, I, I remember being young, like in my early 20s, and somebody being in a bar with these little tiny peppers. And they would always dare you to eat them. And I did try one. I don't know what kind it was, but I remember thinking it was the dumbest thing I ever did. And why was I trying to be macho and eat a pepper? I feel like the like the man versus food shows and right. the big diners, that. drive-ins, and die shows, like ghost peppers are now put into all sorts of dishes. And then the man mm. goes against ghost pepper and often loses. One of those the internet things that kind of annoys me that I'm into is if – because YouTube, is, as I'm sure it is with you, Mark, as well as a family man, and Greg, perhaps you as well – the kids love watching YouTube, and so you'll you'll just come across things that you didn't expect you would. What's huge on YouTube is people eating hot stuff and then and then putting mm. it on camera, and it's oddly a compelling watch uh, for me. I watch a lot of these like how hot the wing gets. Uh, can you go to the top level ghost pepper wing? It's it's kind of a strange thing to be into, but I, I find myself interested by that realm. <laughs> it's a solid wormhole. It's yeah. interesting. When Man vs. Food was on, I enjoyed all of the travel and seeing these cities and the food. And as soon as they did like the hot pepper challenges, I was like, all right, turning this off. Oh, interesting. There we go. Mm. Well, um, you know what? We all live on the uh, the marble together, though. We're not so different, <laughs> but some ways we're not. It was pa- partly inspired, you know, this segment by uh, Spice Rack. Uh, a longtime friend of the show for longtime listeners moving to Los Angeles recently, and we all what a shock! I, we've that all was. now met him in person. Well, I mean, Wes had already done that previously. But I we, have yet to because I oh, there was right, a party at at Hansis Manor that I left before Spice Rack showed up. Maybe that was choreographed on his part. I the shield know. reflection ceremony was held. Uh, for everyone on the softball team and adjacent, and it was a great time. Spice Rack showed up, threw some corn. It's unfortunate, Greg. We have, it's only fair we bring it up mm. that uh, we were defeated, um, you and I, by Spice Rack and Wes. Uh, Although we beat him a couple times before. I think we played a total, a lot of games. Uh, you know, uh, we it was games. It was fun. We had a good we time throwing corn, and, and Spice Rack is uh, – in an interesting place in his life, so it's good to see him during this transition period for him. <laughs> we played corn deep into the night. It reminded me of my Tybee days and probably to the consternation of your neighbors. I didn't hear anything, so okay. I, I'm in that since you know, I'm a family man. Things are pretty buttoned up at home. I don't have a lot of parties, so I think you get that free pass for one night a year as long as it's not something that comes up a you lot. You did have the, the instance at your house where um, video captured someone climbing over your front fence to try yes. to break in. I would have loved to see someone try to climb the fence that night and try to break in and encounter like a bunch of you riled up cornhole players and spice rack, knocking them out with a one-two punch. Yeah, it would not go well for that individual. All right, so yes, going back to the Scoville units. Yeah, uh, talk about the heat and the spice around uh, training camps in the NFL. And, and everyone should have their Scoville unit charts in front of them uh, because whatever your hot take is, uh, you need to let us know where it where it sits on the meter. Fair enough. Fair okay. enough. And uh, before that, here's what we're hearing presented by Sirius XM. Let's do some news, Ricky. Everybody right now has dreams, don't they, guys? I said it to the rookies. All right, everybody in the NFL, I have a dream of making it in the NFL. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore. Okay, I'm into nightmares. 
You guys with me on that? You got to end somebody's dream. You got to take their job. You got to take their heart. Are you guys, you guys clear about this NFL now? We're not trying to go to the Peach Bowl. We're not trying to go to the Gator Bowl or the Blue Bonnet Bowl. We're trying to go to the Super Bowl. Okay? And to do that, you got to really try to end somebody's dream. Are you clear on that, Farrell? Okay? I mean that now. So get into that. Raiders coach John Gruden. That was uh, posted by the Hard Knocks uh, HBO Films account. Uh, Wes, uh, I, Wes, you had a rollicking <laughs> good night at my house. And um, at some point, I remember you saying something uh, negative or critical about John Gruden and the upcoming Hard Knocks season. So here's your platform. Well, did it, what you just heard, did you like that? Because I think it's ridiculous and silly. And he plays the same character he played on Monday Night Football for 10 years. I've just seen it all. I don't need to see mm. it anymore. I loved it. I can't wait. Well, I, think I, it's I find be perfect. It, I, the statement is contradictory because he doesn't want to talk about people's dreams to make the Super Bowl, but he finishes his comment by saying, we want to make the Super Bowl. Is that is, – isn't that – I just – I mean, it, come on. I do worry a little because, like, Booger McFarlane tweeted about it or some other form of – it's like they've heard those speeches before. Of course. So you're right. just weary that – he's just bringing back these old speeches, and these are the, you know, the types of motivational uh, tactics that's helped him uh, have – be 10 games under 500 over his last 10 seasons. By the way, the Blue Bonnet <laughs> Bowl has not been played since 1986. <laughs> It was a good call, though. It's a good so it, it is funny. If you're looking for like the funniest name, you either go with that or the Weed Whacker Bowl. It's one of those still making two. butter. Um, all right, let's get to the news. Bad news around the Cincinnati Bengals once again, unfortunately. Star receiver A.J. Green has another significant uh, foot injury. Last year it was an ankle. Um, he suffered a sprained ankle during Bengals practice in Dayton, Ohio on Saturday, and we'll get to that in a moment, why that matters. Uh, it is an injury that he's not going to get surgery for, uh, at least for now. But the best-case scenario uh, for a return is believed to be seven to eight weeks, which pushes you right up against week one. And let's face it, especially when you're dealing with an ankle injury and a player that involves you know, speed and cutting ability and quickness, uh, it's probably not an injury you want to rush back from either. So there's certainly a chance that Green's absence extends into the regular season. Terrible break for Cincinnati, which just uh, West cannot seem to get out of its own way in the last few weeks. Offensive line issues with the injury to the first-round pick. And now A.J. Green, their most important player, is down again. They have He's missed 13 games in his career, and the Bengals have won 32% of those games compared to the 60% that they have won with him in the lineup. Since he entered the league, uh, I think when you take into account his leg injuries and foot injuries over the last few years, he's turning 31 at the end of this month. And I don't, I don't know if he's the same player. I don't want to say that like the decline has set in, but next-gen stats show his separation per target last year was significantly down from his previous two years. We talked about this with the Superstar Club last month, that you cut, if you look at what he's done and what's happened since 2015, and even the season when he was healthy in 2017, which wasn't quite uh, massive production that you would expect from an A.J. Green, you can make that case, and, and the body perhaps is starting to show signs of decline. I'm fascinated by this because I think there could be a showdown between what the Bengals want and A.J. Green wants. He's entering the final year of his contract. And immediately you saw the national reporters, Adam Schefter, and then our Tom Pelissero and Ian Rapport throw out seven to eight weeks at best. At the exact same time, Bengals.com was putting out four weeks. 
And I don't, you know, you never, you don't know how people are getting these information. But if I'm AJ Green, I'd be very cautious about stepping back on the field till I'm a hundred percent healthy. When the Bengals seem very unlikely to pay him that money, and looking even further ahead, what a trade, uh, you know, deadline candidate he is. I mean, if he's in the, I don't think they're going to pay him a huge salary. If they happen to start, you know, two and four or something. I can absolutely see them trading AJ Green. I mean, it's Tyler Board also who was just extended. It, the numbers show he's a much he's been much more productive with AJ Green on the field, which makes some sense. I mean, he. I, I, but some of those numbers were because Tyler Board was playing with the backup quarterback because Andy Dalton got injured. So mm-hmm. some of that goes. There's into that it too. too. I just the, the story of last year's Bengals was they were a quality team until all the injuries set in, and you're already yeah. there. And now here's the Bengals side of this story that is, you know, only the Bengals type situation that they were practicing at Welcome Stadium at the University of Dayton. It's it's tied into the NFL 100 celebration in some way. And there was a lot of talk about how terrible the turf was. Here's what Tyler Boyd had to say. Yeah, the turf was terrible. Uh, the turf was terrible. I couldn't run any routes out there. I'm falling all over the ground. It was bad. It mm. was rocks, pebbles out there. Man, it was somewhere we shouldn't have been. Mm. I'm not trying to say any excuses, but it is what it is. And Wes is a former long-suffering Bengals fan who still is close to a lot of people who do love the Bengals. This is exactly the type of stuff where you just kind of shake your head. I don't know enough about it to put 100% of the blame on the Bengals for this. Like you said, <laughs> that's part of the 100th anniversary. And I think a team like... The Bengals has to sell it regionally more than other bigger teams. You, I mean, that's just a yeah. But first things first, it has to be a, a safe playing well, service. That, before there's any two of different that. things, though. There's the unsafe playing service, which they shouldn't be on, and and that's one issue. But if you watch the injury, he, his feet get tangled. You know, I forget the name. Who's the Who's the Twitter doctor who always? You know, Dr. Chow. I mean, if you watch the injury, it's two guys' feet getting tangled. That has nothing to do with the turf. He literally trips over Dre Kirkpatrick, which happened on a couple plays. Just, you know, that's that's bad luck. So you can blame the Bengals and the NFL. They, sh- You know, an NFL team shouldn't be playing on a bad field. But it also doesn't seem to have anything to do with this. I mean, and people I, just ran with it without even, like, watching it. I mean, like, he literally gets stepped on. I hate to be the old guy, on. but yeah. players played on bad fields for 80 years and everybody didn't get a torn ACL every time they went out there. I mean, it's just... Let's, how much do we want to baby these people? In other bad wide receiver news. <laughs> Didn't expect that, but I like it. I mean, play on a bad field, big deal. It's not a guaranteed injury. What are we talking about here? <laughs> End the show. <laughs> In other bad wide receiver news, Golden Tate uh, is heading to the shelf. A Giants team that could not possibly deal with more bad news than wide receiver gets it uh, because Tate... Uh, has been suspended four games for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing substances. Um, Tate is appealing the suspension, so he's trying to get it shortened or wiped out, but we'll see how that goes. It usually doesn't go well. Um, Tate released a statement saying that the suspension is the result of a prescription for a for, from a fertility specialist. Um, he asserted that upon learning the drug contained an ingredient on the league's banned substance list, he immediately reported the situation himself to the NFL prior to knowing hmm. he failed a test. Um, and we know Sterling Shepard uh, is potentially out with that broken thumb. We know Corey Coleman blew his ACL. It is not good news for Ooh, I mean, it's good news if you're a fantasy football 
person and you want to draft Evan Ingram, who's, who's lining up to have a massive season at this point, along with Saquon Barkley, because apparently no one else is going to it's stay be healthy. like quadruple enough. covered by every yeah, cornerback well, on the field. Well, there's that as well. But I mean, I, I, do you ever hear a player say, oh, you know what? I did take the banned substance. Uh, end of conversation. It's all these eloquent, long statements mm. that come out. And someone killed me for believing Taylor Lewan. Someone on Twitter was like, because you took a lie detector test, like, bro, lie detector tests are totally unreliable. Like, blah, blah. For me, it was more the intention around taking one and showing that he did it. But a lot of these guys seem to have deep, rich backstories on why they're completely innocent around any time they get dinged. And I feel like the next CBA needs to get a little more clear on how to get some of this out of the mix. There's too many of these like stories where everyone has eight different viewpoints well, on what, what they took and yeah, why. Yeah, but 98% of the league doesn't get in trouble with some of this stuff. It's just like... I, I'm not on the player's side here know. necessarily. It's just that it seems like too many agents slash players are completely caught off guard by what's in their body and whether it registers or not as a banned substance. Well, there's two you know, punishments. Number one's from the NFL they get suspended. Number two is PR. And here's a guy who might want to work in media and endorsements and all that. And so you fight that on a PR level. That doesn't mean some of them don't have legitimate excuses. I'm sure some do. It's just like, it's impossible to know which ones are legitimate. But when you, when you read that statement, I did wonder if he did self-report and that was what he failed for, you would think that would help him reduce it on appeal maybe to three or something like that. Just see if that, if that part, I agree in the court of law. Yeah. That might help him reduce it. If that's true. Giants opened one and seven in each of their last two years. Let's do it a third time. (laughs) Let's, I just wonder how long, how long Eli is going to be under center. Teams don't put up with losing, especially from old quarterbacks. Three weeks. Uh, Let us move on. The lions have added to a talented defensive line. Mike Daniels, a surprise cut. By the Green Bay Packers, uh, lock up Daniels with a one-year $9.1 million contract, almost $8 million of that guaranteed. That from Rap Sheet and Mike Garofolo. Uh Daniels was slated to make about $8 million uh, for the Packers, so he gets a, a nice little raise. He stays in the division. He gets to play the team that cut him twice, uh, so it sounds good, uh, good, good to him. The Packers have been trying to trade Daniels to either the Browns, Patriots, or Chiefs. Couldn't make it happen. And, uh, Mark, the Daniels was slated to meet with the Browns on Thursday. Um, or he, he, did, did, he visited he did with the with Browns them. on yeah. Thursday. Couldn't get a deal done. He did get a deal done in Detroit. They couldn't get uh, Gerald McCoy to stay and sign either. But I, I think, like, if you look at the Lions – it's 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 a team that I that annoys me largely, you know, years years running for lacking any sense of of an identity. But I I think what they want to do, if you look at Matt Patricia, is run the ball endlessly and stop the run. I don't I don't know what else they offer at this point, but they've got a stacked defensive line. Yeah, it's pretty versatile. I mean, that is an identity. They have a good defensive line. I mean, if they all play well, Mike Daniels, Trey Flowers, Snacks Harrison. Ashawn Robinson, Deshaun Hand was really good last year. Those are about a bunch of beefy and versatile guys who can kind of play inside and out. Some of them are pretty good pass rushers, including Flowers and Daniels. So that's something the Lions have. You're and right. There's not much 
if I'm a Lions fan, I'm super thrilled about this season. But Daniels, and they paid him a lot of money. That's why he didn't sign with the Browns or the Patriots who were interested. He might get a raise from what the Packers were, were paying him. He might get $9 million. That's a lot for a guy who gets cut in August or July. And I know you don't get too excited. Marvin Jones is a very nice player. Uh, Danny Amendola is there now, uh, Ricky. Um, you have Jermaine Curse, who didn't it didn't work out with the Jets, but now he's a, not a lot of receiving talent well, there. But Matthew Stafford is still a great quarterback. I know he's coming off a down year. He didn't name their best wide receiver, Kenny Galladay. Oh, Ken, sorry, Kenny Galladay. Like I think they I think they can move the ball through the air. Just coming off a bad year. I mean, they have in the past. I mean, he's like Stafford's yardage totals have never been the issue, but it's it. it has it translated to anything? My they're part of my my new theory, which is I think like thirty teams could win ten games in the NFL, and they would still they would be in that thing. Maybe you maybe think there's the Lions like, are one of those. Teams. Maybe there's maybe it's twenty eight. I just don't think it's that hard to win ten games if you get a couple breaks and they're good. Enough. They they're one of those teams. You know they're towards the bottom, but they're one of those. If teams. I'm a Packers fan, you know you, got, you this is a big season where you don't you are you are you need to turn this thing around. Am I that? Understanding or excited that they just moved on from Mike Daniels? I, I, why are you depleting depth at a key part of, a key, on a key part of your defense? Feels know. risky when he drew so much interest immediately after his release. You don't see that often. Uh, the Lions made another move this weekend, releasing running back Theo Riddick after six season. Rap sheet reported this on Saturday morning. Matt Patricia, by the way. Um, Daniel's called Patricia a genius. I just want to throw that out there. He too. said he was the the biggest reason he signed there. I was like, come on. How about, well, that, how about that money? I mean, he it is was really <laughs> Matt Patricia. Known to be quite intelligent. Sure, but so. he was thinking about Mike Pettin, you know, joining, you know, he was thinking about joining the Browns, rather, or the Pays. It's like, I, really? It was Patricia? Come on. Uh, anyway, um, Riddick was there six years, former sixth-round pick, so a pretty nice career for a guy who was a late-round draft pick. Um, but the Lions have some real um, – Depth at running back with Carrion Johnson leading the way, so Riddick will move on and hopefully find another home. He was in Denver uh, Monday morning visiting the Broncos. Mm. This guy, he's sort of like the opposite of what Mark Ingram was early in his New Orleans career where it was a tell every time he was on the field. Theo Riddick can't really run well, so he's a tell that they're going to mm. pass it every time he's on the it, field. Yeah, I mean, I know we're a few weeks away from the fantasy spectacular, but mm. if you're having early drafts, I, f- I feel like ride that carry-on Johnson train. I mean, this this move, I, I already he seemed quite underrated in, in drafts for a, a guy who I think is a decent bet to get 300 touches. I could see it now. Carry-on with carry-on. I did see some – I like that a lot. I did see Thank some you. fantasy advice um, – Unfurled by. Are we on the corner? No, no. It's, this, oh. is, this is Ricky Hollywood's oh. corner. She made it clear on Twitter, I believe it was this morning, that her first overall pick will be Danny Amendola, another <laughs> Lions player. Yeah, why not? Maybe, yeah, why not? I mean, That's what I'd you say. You don't want to miss not? out on his career year of 700 yards. Uh, let's talk more business. The Seattle Seahawks and Bobby Wagner get a deal done. Uh, it's good news if you're a Seahawks fan. No more drama. You know, the Earl Thomas thing got so ugly. But Wagner signs three years, $54 million extension, $40.2 million in guarantees. Uh, 29 years old, becomes the highest paid inside linebacker at $18 million a year. Eclipsing the massively overpaid C.J. Mosley. <laughs> well, that's what you think. <laughs> I will say uh, that the Jets got killed for giving C.J. Mosley a, a money that no one else approached at that position. Well, now he's not even the highest paid player at his position. I know Wagner's a better player, but whatever. <laughs> Brown, 7-9. Well, well, why did you need to go there? Like, I'm not. <laughs> I wonder why I did that. Hmm. Uh, Wagner, well, Mosley helped Wagner out, who represented himself. 
I mean, is this, is this the biggest contract the guy's ever uh, represent? You know, been an agent for himself? Uh, you know, I, was, I don't know. That's I was good... thinking about that this morning. Like he he wanted to get paid more money than C.J. Mosley. If that's all you want, and you you have a relationship with your team, say give me more than that guy, <laughs> just a little bit more. But then I said it probably wouldn't work because. In that, there's so much details in the contract and, sure. you know, poison pill type stuff toward a player that you wouldn't want to handle yourself. Perhaps uh, he's a really smart businessman and all that stuff is avoided. But is he, did he truly not have anyone else going through this contract for him? He got his advice from Michael Jordan. He spoke to Michael Jordan. He said, I wanted to speak <laughs> oh to a guy who's been a player and at the owner level. And he got mm. great advice. And he said, my goal is to challenge myself and educate myself. But then if you read a little bit further, Bobby Wagner was like, I just want to hear what negative stuff they're going to say about me to my agent. And now they got to say it to my face. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a personal thing to bring into business, but I get it. I mean, Michael Jordan got that from Michael a Jordan, much too. more successful player, player than a uh, owner. Slash He's been man. among the least successful owners. You could sell sneakers. But that wasn't really, you know, that was his brand. You can draft like he Kwame built that Brown. from the ground up. Anyway, no respect, Michael. He's, you know. Do you? The Good. Well, I'm sure that I will. I mean, I, yeah. He's, I don't know. Ever. He's done okay business-wise. Sure. I'm, I'm just saying, like. Business-wise, <laughs> but not, like, running a team. Right. Yeah, Wagner said, like, he, he thinks he's already thinking about post-career. He wants to own business. He, he's going to be negotiating all sorts of contracts. He said, so who would I be if I don't have the confidence to do it myself? Hey, not to mention, he's like a Hall of Fame-level player. He has a chance to make the Hall of Fame. So that's the ultimate leverage. He's so good that that helps you in At negotiations. At this point, unless he's got a major injury, he's going to. he's got four first-team All-Pros in the last he's five probably years. Going the he's Hall probably fame. going to the Hall of Fame. Did Michael do his – David Falk was his agent, right? He didn't do it as a player, no, by any means. I mean, I, I'm just saying like, the shoes. <laughs> I, you know, the shoe brand is doing no, well, I guess my I point is like, Bobby Wagner, good on you. Like, you got into the news cycle saying, I talked to Michael Jordan before I signed my deal. <laughs> well, he probably and doesn't like, have a right. lot of sports owners on speed dial, <laughs> yeah, but like Michael I mean. Jordan's an owner. But it's good, like – Good for you, Bobby. It's like – it's like, kind of sad. No, it's like a nice flex. Like, yeah, I called up Michael Jordan to talk about my contract, but does that really, did it really help him? <laughs> I'm just asking a question. I know everybody wants to be like, oh, great job, Bobby, bringing up Michael Jordan to nail this contract. I think, uh, I think like, this is underrated now. analysis by you. <laughs> I think you. it's a bit more of a flex than, than we might let on. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility. It maybe wasn't a huge help. So, uh, you know, I am just sitting back assessment. and enjoying this. <laughs> fair to be skeptical <laughs> on your part, I think. Um, he's, I, like, he's like, hold on, Bobby. I'm busy signing Frank Kaminsky to a huge contract. <laughs> <laughs> um. Every team in the NFL is zero and zero, but somebody still got fired. How about that? The Dolphins <laughs> making a change in their coaching staff one week into training camp. The team announced Monday it relieved offensive. Oh, yeah, we're jumping in the fish tank. And it's hot. It relieved offensive line coach Pat Flaherty of his duties. Why did they make that noise? Sorry. Nice and promoted cool. analyst, oh, yeah, this name, Dave Dugigliamo. Googs. Goofs to O-line <laughs> coach Rapsheet added that Flaherty struggled to implement the new system, which has been an issue since the spring. So I guess there was some uh, Coach Flores up down in Miami. It was on their radar throughout the summer after shaky OTAs and mini camps uh, with the new coach, and they decided to make the move one week into training camp. But this also Flaherty's a guy that's been around the block. I mean, he's been an offensive line coach uh, each season since 2004. Giants. 
Niners, Jaguars. Very surprising. Obviously not a earth-shattering development here. It's an offensive line coach, unless you're the old man in New England. Nobody even knows who you are. Uh, but Googs uh, went surprising. Googs took Skarnakia's place when Skarnakia stepped down oh, for a no. year. Well, no, I think he get, did. He get a ring. I don't know. I know, but were, the Patriots then immediately got replaced. better. Well, you had to. What are you going to do? Not bring back Skarnakia? Googs was always under fire when he was the Jets' O line coach, wasn't he? Yes, that's he no, was always oh, under yes. fire. And um, oh, Googs! If you're Flaherty here, you're like, hey, you expect me to make chicken salad out of chicken spit? Look at the offensive lineman he's working with. But Laramie they, Tunsil's good, and name another decent offensive lineman on that team. They have well, they this, have three or four spots that are open. Yeah, they specifically said that he was struggling to communicate to players in off-season meetings about the new. So, like, like what not, does that mean? I, exactly? Well, I mean, I think it means like you're trying. Maybe to it's implement a generational meetings. divide. Just you know, just looking, looking at, at, at pictures. <laughs> I mean, he's probably like the same age as Belichick. Well, yeah. Not a great resume builder, though. Cannot communicate with players about new schemes. <laughs> He's, like, I mean, become fair the, point. what Mike McCoy is to offensive coordinators. Googs, unfortunately. Or Flaherty, I should say, is to offensive line coaches. So, anyway, good luck to you, uh, Flaherty, and whatever comes next. In other news, more people losing their jobs. He turned off the show if he's listening. <laughs> I said good luck. He's got time now. Other people losing their jobs. Former first-round pick Robert Kimdiche, no longer a member of the Arizona Cardinals. Oh. The team announced it released the defensive lineman on Saturday afternoon. Three seasons, the f- former first-round pick um, struggled to stay healthy, uh, struggled to um, recover from an ACL injury. In fact, Cliff Kingsbury, the new coach of the Cardinals, very blunt. He's one of those coaches, Wes, that says nothing, doesn't give the beat writers anything. Kent Summers dying over here. <laughs> and, and out of nowhere, Kingsbury says that Kim DJ was, quote, not in shape. <laughs> Cut a day later and he's gone. That was the book on him coming out of the draft, that he didn't really care enough about football and that was going to be anyone who drafted him was taking a risk in that way. It's not that he's not a smart guy. With He is a smart guy. He's got varied interests. But I think most GMs want a guy whose life – Sort of revolves around football. Take a look at these hmm. first-round picks of the Steve Kime era. Kime bomb. Tick, 2018, tick, tick. Josh Rosen. 2017, Hassan Reddick. 2016, Kim Diche. 2015, DJ Humphreys. 2014, Dayon Buchanan, who was not re-signed. 2013, Jonathan Cooper, who's played for about eight teams by now and been released by about eight teams. And some extracurricular activities by Steve Kime as well mixed in. That's so. a disaster. And that's and why. still it, has the job. That's pretty impressive. Kyler Murray can be his best first-round draft pick by Thanksgiving. Well, that's why if you're a player, you see, like, you would probably have a little feeling there's a double standard here. But Kamdiche's problem was he just didn't play very well. It's like the, it's a sliding scale for all of these things. If he had performed, he, they gave him a lot of snaps uh, when they could. And he really just for what wasn't it's worth, great. There were because obviously I was getting a lot of Kim DJ updates throughout his career with the Cardinals. <laughs> he was playing better Get last before year, he blew out his knee. But, but it's kind he of didn't they didn't the pick rehab. up his fifth year work. option, and the writing is typically on the wall when that happens, or it does not. Yeah, it's, happen. it's their third coaching staff in in three years, right? So yeah. it's tough to survive. That's what's happening in the news. No song. We're not getting. Oh, out. I thought that. Oh, you good. guys, you guys want a song? This I could mean, be it. How Yo, do we? We may never course. talk about him again. All right, I'll, I'll do a song. I just assume this is why we started 10 minutes late. (laughs) No, actually. (laughs) Kim 
That's what's happening in the news. Well, I was yeah. just picturing you draped like very sexually over a piano, like <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer and Fabulous Baker I mean, Boys. <laughs> thank you, Wes. Do we do we get a song when he signs with a new team? I mean, he's gonna get another. I mean, I think his career is not over. a little bit more upbeat. As long you know? as this guy is in the league, he's getting songs. But <laughs> I got a I got a terrible feeling. This will be the last we hear. No, no way. Former first round pick didn't do anything in. Three years, blew out his no, knee, showed it effort does. issues. It he might get you know picked up by somebody. Want to put a sandwich again? on it? I don't know. Yeah, no, I would never bet against Kim DJ. Okay, come on, bro. I mean, come it's a question, big. It's, it's integral to your career, career here, you know, as the host <laughs> of the show. So you got to be rooting for him. Worst case, he gets he's in a training camp next year or something. He'll, he's got a wanna be. He'll get some train. He'll get. Some I essentially root for almost everyone that's not playing in the New England area of the country. <laughs> I hope Kim DJ comes back and. Gets his career on track. It'd be great for the show, great for my songwriting, uh, but there's no promises in the National hmm. Football League. I'd like to see him up in Foxborough. We like people with, you know, varied interests, <laughs> position <laughs> flexibility. Does sound like a guy that Belichick would What's sign he a and then get cut. <laughs> All right, let's get to it now. Yes, Scoville Units. Everybody's talking about Scoville Units. You can't go, you can't turn a corner on the internet and not hear about. Scoville units. What are the hot stories? What are the spicy stories? The spicy scenarios, the spicy takes, the spicy, spicy. Greg Rosenthal, you're all about the spice life. Get us going. Uh, I'm all about the spice life. I don't even know where to go with that. Let's start with uh, (laughs) Kyler Murray uh, in his first few days at Arizona Cardinals training camp. And it really struck me watching his interview with Kurt Warner yesterday on Inside Training Camp Live on Sunday, uh, just how smart he was. And like, I don't know, if I was a Cardinals fan and I'm watching that interview, I would be getting very excited that this is this is the guy leading our team. But even more exciting was the, the quotes from Larry Fitzgerald about Murray, uh, which struck me. And he said, I've never seen a quarterback come in so quickly and be able to command an offense. Uh, I mean, from day one, he's out there checking the different plays, sliding the line, different projection protections, getting us in screens when blitzes are coming. His understanding of the offense is crazy. Mm. And it got me thinking how he's kind of played in this offense. There some similarities to this offense before. And, you know, that's that's the whole idea behind the Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray thing. And isn't that a good idea to, like, make your number one overall draft pick as comfortable as possible and make a system around his skills and that maybe he's going to be able to, you know, fight past or kind of skip those early days uh, that a lot of rookie quarterbacks go through where he's not comfortable and he can start out a little quicker. And that's why I'm giving this uh, a unit of 525,000 on the Scoville scale. That's right around chocolate habanero. Chocolate habanero? <laughs> Wait, I think we're working on different scales. Yeah, the scale that I'm does not go that high. Like, 
Interesting. I mean, all right. But all right Greg, we have different Scoville. Taking it to a different place. I'm just, going off the one West sent sure, us earlier. Same. Yes. The Serrano. The Serrano. It's in the Serrano area. Serrano. This is how they describe Serrano. Don't mistake the Serrano for a jalapeno. Your mouth will be on fire. Whoa, but they whoa, look whoa. similar in appearance. The Serrano is twice as spicy. I totally agree with you. This is. I take a lot out of that quote. Yeah, it's spicy. But to make it clear, this is pretty high up on the spicy. He's gonna. He is going to really. I think set the league on fire. I think this is going to work out. And Kimebomb, for all of his failures, and let's call them for what they are in recent years, he's going to get what Mike McCagan thought he was going to get when he drafted Darnold. He'd get the extra years. I think Kime might come out of this mm. flying I, I, high. Although I don't, I wouldn't put Kime at the top of the list of people who made this happen. This is this. But the reason I always thought that this was a possibility to move on from Rosen and pick Kyler Murray was because of Cliff Kingsbury from day one. This felt like a real deal. And those comments, I don't know what the Fitzgerald that those are new, but he also said similar stuff during OTAs where they talked about longtime veterans looking utterly lost on offense mm-hmm. because they had never seen anything like this scheme at the NFL level. And Murray from the start has been a teacher and perfectly fluid, which to your point makes the pick so sensible. And I think we have to also remember when you're running four wide nonstop and you add his mobility, this is someone that's going to devastate defenses early on in the year who are trying to catch up to what's going on here. Mm. And, and, and a small uh, player. And much he low, is very small. Much well, lower on the scale, but also in Arizona. Maybe a little Thai pepper, you know, very low. Uh, Keyshawn, they drafted three rookie receivers. Two of them got a lot of attention. Only one of them's playing with the first team, Keish, the new Keyshawn Johnson. <laughs> Sixth round pick playing ahead of Andy Isabella and Hakeem Butler Any relation? With, with the starters. I don't think so. It's spelled very different. So chocolate habanero for um, Yeah, I'm just Kyle throwing Brown. that that's in good. as a little extra. Now we're all on the dish. same page on the Scoville, and that's important. That's vital. Yep. We're all on the same page. Mark, you're up next. <laughs> I am going to, as I readjust to pick the new, uh, I'm going to go Red Savina Habanero Pepper, which is a registered scale of 350,000 to 577,000 on the Scoville scale, right beneath, baby. Right beneath the chocolate habanero. Right beneath because I think there's some stuff to figure out here, but I am all on board with, you know, we saw the Patriots lose the Super Bowl and then come back the next year and take care of business. The Eagles last year had an offseason, and I think they're going to come around this year and they're going to win the NFC. I have them going 6-0 and to start the year, and they're talking about Carson Wentz right now. And if you read with the daily reports coming out of, out of Philadelphia that Carson Wentz looks completely differently, much more comfortable this time of year. His health is back, and they he is doing well with Deshaun Jackson. I think they, talk, they talked about Jordan Howard playing very well early. They've got a lot of depth in the backfield. They've got a great offensive line. Love their defense. They've got the te- best two tight ends in football. I think they're going to be, both of them, a lot to handle for for defenses. And I think you've got one of the best owners in the NFL right now in Jeffrey Lurie, who is super committed to winning, will do anything they can. They're an analytics based team. I love the whole Howie Roseman situation. The Eagles to me are the hottest thing in the NFC. I think the Cowboys in that divi- that division is a hot mess outside of Dallas. And I like that Dallas is in there because it keeps you on your toes if you're the Eagles too. You got you, you can't just roll through like the Patriots do. You're going to have some competition in the NFC East, but I'm saying Eagles Super Bowl. I'm mm. telling you right now. So yours is more a hot take. It's not a hot take. It's a hot pepper. <laughs> July 30th. 
Now, how many other teams I, are you going to predict to win the NFC this year? Three to five. <laughs> but I, I, I just think that there's, there's stuff feel around them already. If you, you know, reading what the beat writers are putting out day after day, I just think if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm very, very confident going into the um, season. With all due respect, and I agree with you, I think the Eagles are going to be very good. That is not a very hot take. This is a NFC superpower. I think a lot of people think they're going to be good. I'm going to drop. I'm going to drop you all the way down to the Hungarian pepper, five thousand to ten thousand Scoville. Heat well, units. stick seven of those in your mouth and see what happens. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't. You cannot put it up in the top tier. Can't do it. Well, I, I picked so, the third highest, so street. it's not like I went for the ghost pepper there. Streets you know? are talking. It might be more even like a pepperoncini. All right, oh, move on. Now that's disrespectful. Right to the move bottom. On. Right near the bottom. <laughs> uh, all right, Wes, you're up. Well, I'm not sure I understand like the segment as far as the training camp news part of it. <laughs> this, is, this is why we should talk about these things before the show, but okay. But I, I thought it was more specific to players. So Paris Campbell is a guy who's getting a lot of consistent hype ever since the Colts drafted him. And Frank Reich just told Albert Breer this week, basically, you know, you saw all the videos of the Colts draft room, and that was mostly our scouts and defensive players. The one guy I wanted, I jumped up and down when we took Paris Campbell because I said, we got to get this guy. Everyone thought he was just a slot receiver, and Frank Reich said, we thought he's a legit NFL receiver, footwork, hands, route running, intelligence, the kind of person he is. We just think he's a total wide receiver. And then he starts playing in, in the training camp. And now Frank Reich says, Paris Campbell is a legit NFL, I'm going to be a stud receiver play. These are the plays he's running in the red zone. Mm. Not just a slot receiver. He's, he's making big plays in the red zone. To me, the Colts are one of the most exciting teams in the league. And this guy's going to be one of the most exciting rookies in the league. Let's see what kind of Scoville I've got. I have one in mind. I want to hear what you come up with. Cayenne. No, I was right in that zone. I was going to throw out Tabasco. Right 30,000 to 50,000 Scoville units. You love them Colts. I mean, I take Cayenne at daily, and it's, it's hot, but it's tolerable. Well, you're only taking a, a, a little dash of it, correct? Hmm. I mean, I'll put it on. You put Cayenne on anything. It tastes good. I don't like just take the the jar and just dump it into my throat necessarily. But. Most people mix it uh, with other spices, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on. We'll talk about Darius Geis. You know, tough times in Washington right now with the Redskins, who the Alex Smith injury kind of just set that whole organization back. Not just not so much because Alex Smith is a you know a superstar quarterback because he's not, but it just kind of knocked him on their ass it seemed. And they go and they get the kid quarterback. Um, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, and what you kind of forget is that Geis had a lot of great buzz last summer, and then he pops his ACL in the first um, preseason game out for the season. Now, I'm not going to draw parallels to um, what RG3 and Albert Morris did together as fellow rookies, and I almost look at Geis as a rookie. Albert. <laughs> Al- what did I say? You said Albert. Uh, Alf. Alf. Alf Morris, excuse me. Alf Morris was his name? Alfred. Alfred Morris, Al, yes. Remember when they came into the league and RG3 lit it up and Morris, uh, he killed it. I don't know if we're going to see that, but I think Geis is a guy to keep an eye on uh, and something to get excited about if you're a Redskins fan. Uh, right now, all you hear about is Trent Williams and the drama going on with their star left tackle, which doesn't seem to be getting any better, by the way, uh, with each day. Uh, so keep an eye on Geis, who already is practicing, and he had a hamstring injury that – you know, combine that with the ACL injury and people were saying that he is 
injury prone. Greg, mm. I saw that you had uh, you mentioned this or wrote about this in your uh, latest uh, column on training camp uh, winners and losers. I really enjoyed uh, this soundbite from Darius Geis on the idea that he is injury prone. Because you know a lot of people talking about now how I'm injury prone and this and that. Man, I only had one injury that was big in my tell whole him. career. Tell him. Tell for him. one. <laughs> the biggest injury I've ever had in my career was the ACL. Yes, y'all heard about hamstring this and that, but that comes from the ACL, not just from me not taking care of myself. How can you call somebody injury prone that's had one big injury? Do y'all know what injury prone means? That means somebody that has different injuries every other day and cannot do nothing. I had one big injury. So, man, kiss it. <laughs> and I want to point out two things. First of all, he said that to Darren Hayes, who um, works for WUSA 9. So I want to give Hayes credit. I don't know if you noticed this, Greg. Hayes, who did a nice job sensing that guys wanted to get something off his chest, set him up, then got out of the way. And then I want to give credit to, and check this out on Twitter. Maybe I'll retweet it so it's easier for listeners to check it out. I want to give props to the cameraman of WUSA 9, who had the wherewithal to, as guys got into his monologue, pan the camera over and Emmy alert slowly slowly zoom in beautifully on guys as he continued his rant s ending with kiss my ass or whatever it was kiss, great, kiss great great points i didn't even think about that but what you need if you're a director or a cameraman like that is you need a star so you got to give guys a lot of credit for doing the nate burleson michael irvin look <laughs> yes. in like yes. fiery look straight into the camera like we, i don't Everyone know we it. haven't even really learned that yet we've been trying this stuff for, i mean yeah. that's a veteran what move. a production it was everybody did their job in a great way but yeah guys it's going to be a run friendly redskins team because we assume haskins will start all the games or most of the games and they're going to want to work him in uh, so i like guys as a player this year i like him as a personality it's a spicy personality clearly so i'm going to give him uh, on the scoville scale I mean, he's not out of control, but I'm g- he's a Scotch Bonnet. I, he's a 100,000 to 350,000 Scoville. Got to go Scotch Bonnet there. Uh, so that's that's his new nickname, I think, Scotch Bonnet. A lot of Scotch Bonnet in, in Caribbean cooking, Jamaican particularly. There you go. Look at Wes. <laughs> Wes <laughs> with a flex on How long are we going to – we always talk about – we joke about when Erica's going to leave us. When is Wes leaving us to start his own restaurant? I feel like no, this no, is going to happen. It's so much easier mm. to just cook for yourself. And then not have any responsibility, mm. like owning a restaurant. Although, shout out to Dan for another great job uh, barbecuing for oh, yeah. a big group of people. Always what uh, did we enjoy decide the meat. He I, just drops it down. He just yeah. comes over with 15,000 pounds of meat and just drops it and just says, okay, see you later. If Good I were, job. I'd like to use a, a football analogy, but since at the party I used the baseball one, I'm, I'm kind of in the kind of the Harold Baines type. <laughs> I know he went to the hall and didn't deserve it. Um, but wow. a guy, you know, a really nice guy, a guy that has a really nice career and doesn't look to, doesn't look for accolades, just does his job day in, day out, does it for a long time. Uh, I'm the Harold Baines of the grill. I think it's, it's excessively manly to grill for a large number of people like you, like you have done. So <laughs> got some steaks, I got yeah. some cheeseburgers. The steaks, some are, it was great. Keep it simple. I'll give you Danny Tartable. <laughs> that, that's a, that is horrible. Wait, he had a he had a prime in Kansas City before the Yankees. He was a stiff. How about, he always I, was. I'll give you Mackie Sasser. <laughs> Mackie Sasser would not be mm. a, a good one. All right, one more time around the horn, Greg. 
I'm just trying to think of someone that's like a workman-like hitter that just needed more at-bats. Because I think you're selling yourself short. I mean, if you if you got even more time behind the grill, actually time to shine. But knows? I don't want that. Okay. See, that's what I, I just want to come to work every day and, and do what's asked okay. of me and produce. Okay. You're good with a reduced You're like workload. turning down endorsements. Yeah, I want to bat like fifth or sixth in the lineup. I okay. want to drive in 100 runs. Okay. But I, you don't need – you know, Hideki Matsui. Yeah, I'm a Matsui type all the way. <laughs> with an occasional star turn. Including, including like your obsessions off the field that Matsui had. Exactly. Uh, uh, let's go to uh, New England where – Google uh, it. I'm going to talk about a New England Patriots receiver by the name of Maurice Harris. Have you, haven't heard much about him? Well, he's an undrafted uh, guy uh, who was with the Redskins for three years, was a returner, more of a special teams guy. I don't know um, if I feel good about this, but basically everyone who's watched four or five days of Patriots training camp says he is the best receiver on the team. And according to Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal and a few others, Evan Laser, who used to work here, a few others that say, and it's not even close. Maurice Harris is by far the best. I'm going to give this uh, Poblano. That's it's pretty close to the bottom. That's 1,000 to 1,500. Because, okay, I'm looking at this news and I'm thinking, Mo Harris. You know what? He's probably going to help the Patriots Mo win a couple Harris. games this year. That's just what's going to happen. That being said, it's very early in training camp, and it doesn't speak well for the rest of the group that Maurice Harris right now is their best receiver. Way, way too <laughs> spicy. I gave Maurice Harris, in this bit of news, a slice of plain white Wonder Bread with an orange creamsicle. That's how hot it is. Here's the thing, though. I I wouldn't have thought – I would have thought he would have maybe been even a long shot to make the team. Now I feel like this guy's making the team, and – Based on all this, I'm like, you know what? He'll probably be a nice little Not role August player. Yet. He'll be a nice little role player that'll do some things on special teams. He'll probably make some big plays in a big game that'll make me appreciate him. But you know but, what? Better but, chance but he's, he's not going to be their number one. Starts, then he's contributing no. like huge plays to the I'll put I'll put a sandwich on that, that he makes the team. But the Come beat writers are plugged in because in the second half last season, 40 catches, 432 yards, touchdown. Oh, wait, no. That's his entire career in three years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He Never couldn't mind. crack the Redskins rotation <laughs> with Josh Doxson and Trey Quinn. I don't know, man. This sounds like training camp tropey. No. Come on. Yeah, yeah. it is. Oh, it's training camp Oh, trope. yeah. The, oh, it's too bad that the offensive geniuses in Washington uh, couldn't figure out how to use him. I wonder if they could have a better use of him in New England. Turn on your Maurice Harris film, and he's the guy not making plays. A nice little special teamer, third receiver, 570 yards, four touchdowns. I bet he ripped it up at a Northern Guilford High School. <laughs> no doubt. This Greensboro. guy, he's like, he hopes to be as good as Jabbar Gaffney. I mean, Jabbar Gaffney was on a team that scored 34 points in the AFC Championship. Big guy's Jabbar? You know? that the guy, his eyes were exploding out of Rache. his head? That was his brother, Rache. Oh, I always confuse those guys. They would have won that damn Super Bowl, too. They didn't win the because Bears. their best receiver was Jabbar Gaffney. I don't know. They scored 30 <laughs> points in the AFC Championship game. Their defense wasn't lousy. Please. All right, Mark, you're up. You gotta hand out a little fatali pepper. Now this this is a yellow pepper typically in its coloration, but I'm making it green in this exercise because it's going to Sam Darnold. And I know that you're going to think that I'm just pumping him up because it's another bit of psychological warfare between Dan and I. I don't believe but that. But I actually feel like Jets fans. You know, we watched Quentin Tarantino's movie. Uh, and I won't give any spoilers away, but there is a Great snippet picture. inside of it of Joe Namath's 1970 film, C.C. and Company. It's a biker 
epic, starring Anne Margaret. And Jets fans like look at that and say, yes, that's my quarterback. And when it was made in 1970, he was the center of the NFL universe. And Jets fans have had nothing to root for at the quarterback position since. You got a bunch of people still walking around in Joe Namath jerseys. Well, things are changing. And I think that this is an arrow up for S-Darn, baby. Let's, I'll tell you why. He was last year, I thought, in one of the worst NFL offensive schemes around where they ran the ball heavily. Steve Wilkes loved it. S-Darn. Sure he did. They ran the ball heavily on first and second down and put him into more third and long situations than almost any quarterback in the league. A terrible situation for a rookie quarterback. I like their wide receiver core if they can stay healthy. They've obviously got Le'Veon Bell. You've got some players on defense. You've got a great safety. The Jets, to me, I... I'm not just saying this. I would not be surprised at all if in week 17 they were alive for a wild card spot. I don't think that they're going to be some floundering five-win, six-win thing tugging S-Darn around from place to place. This can be a different type of team. I feel like if you look a lot, a lot of people are picking them in that seven to nine range, seven to nine range. So you're you're maybe flipping those numbers. They'll kind of be more in the nine to seven A lot would have to go right, but I think it can go right. Sessler has joined the battle. The psychological warfare. <laughs> he has joined the I, battle. I, no, I, 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 I don't think I, so. Listen, You're making I, sense. Because I, like, I, for me, the idea that, that Darnold is just going to be a middle-tier quarterback that takes eight years to warm up, I don't believe that. I think he's going – they've already talked about – and I know it's Josh McCown who's his friend, but was at practice and he's looking at him as an analyst now. He said that he saw markedly better footwork, just a much more comfortable player. That was this weekend. I, Adam Gase is not a perfect coach, but he does a lot for quarterbacks, and I think he will for Darnold. Well, Darnold gets it almost overlooked in terms of like the entertainment value that he can bring. Like He is a toolsy guy. I mean, he can move. Is a, could be a better ver- – you know, can move, has a big arm, can make any throw, like a more fun, hopefully better, Jay Cutler for you. I think that Adam Gase rightfully is a guy that gets killed. Like, who is he really a quarterback whisperer of? Uh, Adam Gase, I should say. Did I say Jay Cutler? You said Adam, you said Gase. Adam, Gase. Adam Gase. You mentioned both. Oh, my God. Uh, but Jay Cutler, he made a little bit better. Um, but he hasn't really done much. You're not going to give him any credit for what Peyton Manning did in 2013. Before I make any decision on whether Adam Gase can coach offensive, I want to see what he does this year because I think there are tools there, and I think Darnold especially, and a year-two leap guy yep. um, is – this is where I think Gase will be judged. And if he bottoms out, you talk to some people. I've been talking to some people. Maybe he's not you know, a guy that is going to be around very long, Gase. Maybe he doesn't have a lot of security there. He maybe can't – he won't survive a really bad year uh, in year one. So I think there's going to be pressure on him to immediately get this offense going in the right direction or, or you can see a change. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I don't think this is a, a you know, Super Bowl team or necessarily a playoff team, but I expect them to be – 500 or better. I think you should. All right, Wes. July, August, September. That's smoky season. Smoky Brown. John Brown <laughs> draws more camp hype than just about any receiver, no matter what team he's on. And last year, before Joe Flacco was benched, John Brown was on pace for over 1,000 yards. He was their best red zone receiver. He was going to catch 75 or 80 passes. And now he's in Buffalo where the quarterback has a stronger arm than Joe Flacco and turned some guy named Robert Foster into a legitimate deep threat last year. Now John Brown is the deep threat. Hmm. He's also the intermediate threat because he's a really good route runner. He's also a red zone threat because he's slippery and elusive in the red zone. And he's going to be easily the best weapon on this Bills offense. 
I might not go capsaicin, 15 million school, Scoville units, but uh, <laughs> we're going ghost pepper. Go One million wow. Scoville units for, for the Josh Allen to John Brown connection. Here would be my fear if I'm a Bills fan or someone that's not totally sold on Allen yet as a prospect. John Brown stays healthy, smoky, just blowing the top off over and over again, and the passes sail over his head or down the sideline, and he carries him out of bounds before he can get a second foot in. Maybe the ball gets thrown at double coverage. I Is he a guy – is Josh Allen ever going to be a guy that can develop into a downfield passer with accuracy that you need? Hmm. I don't we'll think that out. downfield accuracy is the issue. Man, I mean, why do you got to just have a stray there for Robert Foster? Undrafted rookie putting up 550 yards. He was athletic. I like Robert Foster and you just – well, he's sort, of a, he's sort of a one-trick pony. Go run fast deep. Just saying. He outgained a lot of guys taking in the first round. I guess I'm saying, Wes, we know he could throw it. We know right. he can throw it far. Can he throw it where he wants to throw it? Well, analytics have him as a better deep thrower than, deep thrower than Joe Flacco was last year. That's pretty good. What about Joe Flacco five years ago? That I don't know. I did not see the analytics on, <laughs> on that. But, uh, but I'm saying if, I think you're right. If John Brown stays healthy, he's going to be – a problem. That's always the we love Smokey. This yeah. room, we've always been supporters. of He the can smoke. play, huh? Just can't stay healthy. You like the you like the Bills a little bit. I do. I think they're frisky. <laughs> I do like. I the think Bills they're little... frisky. I think Thinking the Jets and the Bills are frisky. I thought what you were gonna say when you were saying it's down to the last week for the Jets is like. That division's up for grabs, which I wouldn't sh- surprise oh, me at don't all. Do this. I, oh, no, here we go. I mean, here we go. Stop. Is that that surprising that. that the Jets and Bills and the Patriots would all be in the mix at the end? What's well, not surprising? By if the you way, saying the Patriots. The Jets, I just don't need to say the that. The Jets in, were in the mix in, like yeah. a couple years ago with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback in Week Seven. Like it happens. It's not that crazy. They weren't. They weren't in contention for the division. It's though. about Week Sixteen. Yeah, they only lost that division by two games. In no, the end. you're misremembering. No, I actually I agree with you. Because they beat the Patriots in Week 16 mm. uh, in position right, for a while. I don't think it it's crazy. Matter. It's just that why, why would I in late July come trumpet about the Patriots losing the division? Let's settle down on that. Finally. I mean, Let's wait please. until Maurice Harris is number one receiver in November. <laughs> I can't wait to root on. Every time Maurice Harris makes a catch all season, I'm just going to stand up and put my fist right in Wes's <laughs> face. It's going to be like August 16th, and the headline is going to be Edelman's back. A week later, you never hear Maurice Harris's name again. <laughs> this will be fun to track. This has to be a sandwich prop, Maurice Harris. Oh, yeah. I'd be Either now or in a month. Something has to be put down. But you might have Greg on the hook right now because things could change in a month. I'm just I'm not getting involved in anybody else's sandwich All price. I said was he's going to be a nice role player. Well, you said Danny Amendola is going to have a career-high 700 yards. What if we put that as the over-under for his? No, that, well, that was a joke that if she's taking him number one overall, she could, if she could hope for Danny Amendola's best season ever, it'd be 700 yards. So how yards. much is this impact player going to do if he's not going to get 700 yards? <laughs> I already told yards? you. I what? told you. It was 550 and four and some nice special teams play. Well, why are we even talking about him then? Uh, we couldn't do partly because like the Patriots are. <laughs> you guys are saying that this is the, like an undefeated, unbeatable team. No, no, and no. their top wide receiver right now is Maurice Harris. So I thought that's kind of interesting right now. That, I'll that give you. I'll give issues. you five fifty. Some issues. All right, we couldn't finish this segment on the Scoville scale without going to the top, all the way to the top. We needed it. One point four million to two point two million. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, the Carolina Reaper. Getting a lot of hype lately. In the pepper, pepper universe. <laughs> Chicago Bears, kickers competition. 
Listen to this from the Chicago Sun-Times. Elliot Small Fry. He made six or seven field goals Saturday. You know what he said? I want to try a 60-yarder. After all, the, all this bad energy around the Bears and their kicking game going back to the playoffs last year, set me up at 60. Bang, split the uprights. What about Crazy Eddie Pinheiro? What is he going to do? Is he going to oh, wilt? Who knows? Is he going to wilt in the summer heat? What do you think? Is he going to wilt? Yes. Uh-uh. He had also had six of seven. Matt Nagy, coach of the Bears, he said, hey, small fire just hit from 60. Nagy called it a dealer's choice. Coaches asked Pinheiro, did he want to try the 60-yarder? This is what Pinheiro said. Nah, you guys hit 60 yesterday. We're going 63 today. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what happened? Drilled it. Sixty-three yard kick splits the uprights with distance to spare. Wow! Mentally, I was just staying calm. I know I had to do my job. My job is on the line every day. The crowd of eight thousand eight thirteen chanted his name at Olivier Nazarene University. I've never seen so many people cheer so loud in a practice before. Pinheiro said, "I've heard it in a game, but in practice, it's unreal." Carolina Reaper. Nothing. Well, number one, if I'm the Bears, I keep both of my roster and just use them interchangeably in games just to toy with the bang, opponent. Bang, 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 and then bang. what would be better for football and life in general than the Bears get that playoff win next year? Mm. And it comes from a 70-yard overtime game-winning kick. Mm. And you just say, F you, kicker issues. <laughs> I have another, rolling now. I have another idea. Maybe their top-ranked defense shouldn't give up an 85-yard touchdown drive <laughs> with the game on the line. That kind of got left, you know, yeah, missed in the big picture. Like, how about this idea? Bit. You obviously have two guys in Fry and Pinero that won't miss. There's a lot of risk, especially with Trubisky, you don't know, uh, throwing red zone interceptions. Every time you cross the 50, I don't care if it's first and 10, you bring out the kicker. You bang that Just, kick in. If you hit about 760 yarders, do the math, 21 points. Your defense handles the rest. Take it home. <laughs> That's football. That was spicy. <laughs> do you know why it's called the Reaper? Why? Because it has a tail. Oh, I Look thought it's because it's killed people that I would, tried to I eat would have it. thought it led to death. For some In reason. April 2018, a case report of, quote, thunderclap headaches in a 34-year-old man who was hospitalized for a few days after consuming one Carolina Reaper pepper in a contest. Don't do that stuff, guys. Thunderclap <laughs> headaches do not sound pleasant. Thunderclap. That sounds like a That's the Bears kicking death. scenario right now. <laughs> for the opponent. <laughs> After what's going on in camp. Absolutely, no doubt. All Some, It's very positive. So good news at Bears camp around the kickers. There hasn't been much of that in a long time. All right, there you go. Good Scoville talk. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back Wednesday uh, with uh, another show, so make sure you check it out. Uh, also, um, the around the uh, NFL subreddit, check it out. Uh, we're on Twitter. Oh, we also uh, how about some iTunes reviews. Rate and review, five stars, and then uh, leave a re- review and maybe uh, – when things uh, slow down a little bit, maybe on a Friday, we'll read some reviews. We like doing that. And send in your money tags. Hashtag money tag at Tamposi NFL on Twitter. Did you decide part whether of the show. singular or plural? Money tag or money tags? Ricky, give people direction. Um, She's like, I haven't really been plugged into the show for the last 20 minutes. but 20? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make it plural. Plural money, money tag. tag. Hashtag money tags at Tamposi NFL 
Uh, give us some good uh, show intros and be a part of the experience. We love you guys. All right, that's it. Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Find a home, Kim DJ. Get it together. Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.